Crack them, boys. Hip, Hawks happy hour. Four Fellows podcast. We're back live. That was a good round of crackums there, boys. Very appropriate for a Hawks happy hour here. Welcome in Four Feathers Podcast, brought to you by ONTAP Sports Set. I'm Johnny Nani. Ron Luce, am I right? Tony Marchese, love me there. Boys, how are we doing this evening? Not too bad, Johnny. Uh, you know, tis the season for everybody fighting head colds and chest colds and all of that. Uh, but we're fighting through it to get a little Hawks happy hour in on this Tuesday evening. Uh, so I'm doing good, boys. It's good to see you guys again. Johnny, good to see you. I know that uh, we've been talking a lot of White Sox baseball lately over on Sox on Tap, and it's almost that time of year where Ron departs over to the Cubs on Tap side of the the house, and it's it's good to be back here talking a little hockey as the uh, the season winds down, guys. Yeah, uh, I enjoy these happy hours. So do I. I love this time frame here. It's great because it's you know kind of everybody's you're like getting off work and then you're like ready to like get into sports for the night. And the Hawks play tonight, so I figured this is a good time to do it as we're coming down the home stretch of the season. Hence the title of this episode: Home Stretch of the Blackhawks Season. Uh, I wanted to call this because boys, I came to a realization that you know looking at the schedule, there's only six games left. And I'm going to miss the hell out of hockey when it's like mid-July. And sure, it'll be great to have baseball and warm weather and all that shit. But don't get me wrong. Hockey's still my favorite. And it's the greatest game in the world. And I'm going to miss it. So there's a, there's a little uh, background for why we're doing some Hawks happy hour today. Yeah, missing it is something I've been thinking a little bit about lately too, Johnny. Because unfortunately, I haven't been able to catch as much Blackhawks hockey um as i would personally like so what did i do in order to compensate for that i went and impulse buy uh two tickets to the last game of the season so uh that was a oh, good move yes uh, run applause all around i'm gonna be there it's gonna be a party yes and yeah we will talk about what could potentially go on there but yes now i think we got to make it a date since that's a thing we do on this show Tony, I think you got to join in on that too. I was already planning on uh, potentially making an impulse purchase to the last game of the season. And I think, you know, despite you guys both being there, I think, you know, as a Hawks fan, and I tweeted about this the other day, I could be Jonathan Taves' last game in a Chicago Blackhawks uniform. So I'm going to do my best to make it down to the UC on that specific date. Uh, with you guys and and yeah we could we could try and make this a date here yeah absolutely i love it we've done that we've successfully done that i think three times on the show so far um in just this season and then many a time in the past so uh looking forward to it especially uh one last time the last opportunity to do it i knew they do have uh technically two more home games uh that monday night against minnesota i believe is another one there too um, but we'll get to the rest of the slate in a little bit tony brought up an important name there that's jonathan taves um Makes a surprise return. So we got to hear um, reactions on Jonathan Taves being back, Ron. Yeah, I think just the the quick one is a, a little bit of a sigh of relief. Um, it, it seems like, you know, he's not totally done, which is nice to see. Um, I know everybody's been bugging him about, are you going to retire and all this? And he's not ready to make that decision. And that's a good sign. Um, even if it is the the end of his tenure in a Blackhawks uniform at the conclusion of this season, um, it would be nice to see Jonathan Taves still play hockey for a few more years. It, it's truly a pleasure getting to see one of the greatest to put on the Hawks sweater, um, continue to, you know, just be healthy for his own sake um, and, you know, be healthy for his playing career sake as well. So it's good to see him back um, and got on the score sheet right away. It's just it's that's just classic Jonathan Taves. And uh, it, it's, it's really good to see him back uh, healthy and on the ice, Johnny. I'll chime in here too. I, I think it's uh, a little too early to know whether or not Jonathan Taves is, is going to actually hang him up. Uh, that said, 
you know, we've already done this once with, with Patrick Kane this season um, and had to go through sort of the, the heartbreak of watching a Blackhawks great uh, don another uniform. I, selfishly, I don't know if I'm I'm ready for Jonathan Taves to go do that uh, on top of Kaner being gone and having to go through free agent rumors of both Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane signing with other teams throughout the offseason. Um, that just kind of feels like you know, unnecessary daggers that we shouldn't really have to endure right now, but I get why we're going through it. But personally, I don't really want to fucking watch that, if I'm being honest with you guys, just as a Hawks fan. I, I don't know if I want to watch that. Maybe there's a place for Jonathan Taves to come back on a one, two year deal with the Chicago Blackhawks. GM Ron has said many a times that they're going to need to sign free agents um, and they're going to have to get to what is it? Cap floor, Ron. I'm not sure what uh, you've determined yet. Uh, that number is, but it's enough. <laughs> it's enough. It's enough to get Jonathan Taves back here. I think it would be enough to get Patrick Kane back here. Not expecting either of those guys to come back, but this I'm just gearing myself up for, you know, a lot of disappointment through this offseason and, and having to cover some unpleasant things to cover on the show as well as uh, in written form over at ontapsportsnet.com. Yeah, you bring up a good point there, Tony. Uh, we kind of went through the ringer with it, right, with uh, trade rumors. And I know, it. I will say, it did get kind of squished on the Taves front there um, with the illness that he was dealing with. So that kind of took him out of the mix. But my God, we heard about Patrick Kane every single day since the beginning of the season. Shit, even in uh, free agency last summer, um, possible, you know, to trades the scenarios being talked about, um, it bandied about ever since then. So we, we kind of went through that and then um, having to do that in the free agent cycle there too, Tony. I think you bring up a good point there. It's like, man, they're just like had enough of it. Like, can't we just focus on our prospects here and rebuilding and doing uh, all, all of that? But hey, uh, for Jonathan Taves being back, Ron, you'd mentioned it scores in his first game. Um, that, that was excellent. Getting him back there on a Saturday night in front of the United Center crowd, he said, felt the roar. Um, and it's something that, you know, you, you try to be locked in for the game because you're focused on a task at hand. Right. But he's like, it's hard to, you know, not notice the crowd and um, especially adding the meeting in of um, him, you know, coming out and saying that these, you know, uh, he's coming to the realization that these could possibly be his last, you know, days in a Blackhawks jersey. So um, it, it was great to see him back. Um, I was su surprised, definitely, uh, with, with the timing of it. Um, I thought but uh, it was going to be cutting it close and down to the wire because I knew we had this road trip coming up and I was like, if he's not ready yet. Is he really going to go on a road trip and jump in, in the middle of one of those? And it's like, no, it probably just makes sense for him to stay back and continue doing what he was doing there and then try to gear up for that. Like last, like Minnesota one in the um, very last one of the year at home there. Um, but I, I was happy that he was back on the list and then absolutely great assist to uh, Andreas Athen to see you um, in that one. He just put it right on the doorstep and all AA had to do was stick to his damn stick out there and it was in the net. So uh, that's classic vintage Jonathan Taves. And one last thing I'll add on him is, hey, a, a good captain goes down with the ship, right? Um, we had talked about it and it, we said that after um, he was the only one remaining after the trade deadline, right? After Domi went after... Um, um, Patrick Kane's there. And so, you know, Jonathan Taves, the captain going down with the ship, but it was kind of a little hollow, right? Because he wasn't actually playing. Now that's actually in full effect here. And, um, you know, the, the feels are starting to set in. Set in indeed, Johnny. It's uh, just feels more real day by day. And I, I think it really echoes how much this summer is just going to be weird, right? You know, like Tony had mentioned just a bit ago here, 
we're probably going to hear a lot about these two names in, in free agency rumors. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they're coming back to Chicago and just knowing that and kind of turning the page and, and everything that comes along with it, it, you can definitely feel it coming. So, you know, it, it felt like a proper time to get the, uh, the old Jonathan Taves jersey out for this one. Yeah. I see Ron, you're very festive and prepared for it. So I appreciate that. Yeah. I was going to say, there's a reason Ron's wearing the, uh, the C jersey here. Um, and that's definitely because I thought that most of this show, I know that we've got other topics. We were going to center a lot on Jonathan Taves and the remaining um, schedule here, guys. You, we talked about that, or you guys actually talked about this in the in the first show that we had this season, reasons to watch the Blackhawks. And right now, really, as, as it comes down to the wire, he is the number one reason to watch the Chicago Blackhawks. And, and sort of like we saw with Patrick Kane uh, before his departure, I expect him to to sort of do what you saw in game one from him. And that's get on the score sheet and sort of play with that little extra edge. Um, you know, he's geared up. If he is going to play next season, he's playing for a contract. He's playing for, um, you know, that next deal. He's going to prove himself. And also there's going to be some heightened emotion um, with, you know, it potentially being his final few games in Chicago. So I'm I'm expecting to see and hear a lot of Jonathan Taves talk over the next week or two. And then, you know, as we head into the off season, he's going to be, you know, the center of attention here um, in Blackhawks hockey land when it comes to, is he retiring? Is he going to be a free agent and where is he going to sign? There's a lot of things that, that comes with all of that. Um, and as I said before, on the last go around here, I don't think I'm ready to have to do this all over again with Jonathan Taves. And you're going to have Patrick Kane's name enter the mix again as a, as a free agent at the end of this season too. So um, the one thing that really sort of gets me was on Patrick Kane's departure, the, the use of, it was the, the closing of Patrick's chapter in Chicago that I believe came from uh Danny Wirtz. And I'm wondering what the language is going to be at the end of the Taves era here. Um, it sort of has felt like the Blackhawks have gone out of their way to remove any semblance of the cup teams um, from their marketing campaign, from, from the Blackhawks existence at that point. I I'm just curious to see how this all goes down because it could be a potential Rocky road that we're uh, about to embark on. Right. Yeah, I think I think it'll be interesting how the Hawks handle it from a PR standpoint. But one thing that that made me think of, Tony, is that the Blackhawks uh, and when obviously they have to do this because it's in season, especially. Um, but with uh, when Patrick Kane was traded and all the signage around the United Center was changed, right? That anything that really featured him, uh, you got the Chevy Drive Chicago ads that had to be changed, stuff like that. Um, so th that's understandable because that's in season. You can't you know, realistically feature a player that's no longer there uh, and playing for another team uh, in the league actively at the, you know, in terms of your team marketing there. Um, who the hell do you put up in these spots here? You know, Seth Jones, like does not move the needle for me like at all. I'll just, is there, is that. there anyone else that like is Luke, worthy of banners? Lucas Reichel, when maybe. When yeah, right. Okay. There's one Taylor uh, Radish. Maybe. There's a lot of maybes. These I think they're not household names, though, are, guys. Are the casuals going to know who those guys are when they, they say they're coming no. on the escalator at the UC and they look up there? Who the hell is that guy? <laughs> <laughs> who is that guy? 
Well, I mean, if, you know, we've talked about the idea of maybe like a Max Domi returning this offseason, I, I think, again, just kind of echoing what I said a little bit earlier, I think that's why this offseason is going to be such a critical one, not just from, a, you know, what's your product on the ice and what's the direction and do they, you know, get some pieces that really accelerate this rebuild. It's going to be finding faces of the franchise and guys that you can even just market this team to, again, the casual fan that doesn't right. dial in for 82 games a season, who's going to be that face? Because like you guys both said, is Seth Jones yeah. really a guy that's going to attract people to the United Center? Probably not. It, maybe Max Domi helps with that a little bit. I think Lucas right. Reichel, given his late play, could be another name. I you said that, and I just had a light bulb moment. And Max Domi taking that stick to the face in one of his last games when he played at San Jose. Remember that? And he's up in arms with the bench, that grin that he had after with mm-hmm. the, you know, the teeth knocked out and stuff. That might be one of the most marketable images for the rebuild that they could possibly have. And that would be a reason to re-sign Max Domi. Hashtag That's, ready to work. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But again, I really do think you're going to see a lot of that in the terms of, what happens? And I think that, you know, and, and and if you don't mind, Johnny, I'm going to display a comment from our friend I am Scox here. He says, I believe our new face of the franchise will be chosen in this year's draft. And guys, entering the show, I kind of had that hunch myself of, to me, it's whomever they get at the top of the draft and Lucas Reichel that you're really pushing as your product next year because he's been good. I know, I know, you know, this Blackhawks team has been losing. They're doing everything right for the tank for Bedard sweepstakes. But you have to be happy with what Lucas Reichel has done so far in this short window with the Blackhawks. I mean, just 20 games, but 11 points. I mean, he's been productive and you've seen these moments in highlights where he goes to make a great play and you're like, ah, if he just had a little more talented of a line mate with him in that instance, maybe that results in a goal. And I think, I think that based on what happens at the draft and the continued, you know, strong play of Reichel down the stretch here in these final six games, I almost think you, in a lot of ways, as the Blackhawks, have to go out and get some guys. And, you know, you're going to get your one-year deal guys that you, you're just fillers and, and it is what it is. But, guys, I, I think they're legitimately going to go look for some guys to pair with their two young, you know, studs as a part of this tandem to really try and sell this team of why people should come to the United Center and, and see them play hockey because to your guys' opponents, I don't think Seth Jones alone moves the needle enough for, you know, the, the the casual fan to show up to the United Center on a Monday night in January. Yeah, right. I absolutely agree, Ron. And one of those names you mentioned, Lucas Reichel. Let's get it right here. On the Four Feathers podcast, it's Lucas Rockstar. And I think the Blackhawks marketing department could learn something from the Four Feathers podcast in that department. Tell this kid to have a personality. I know he's like maybe a little soft-spoken and all that, but feature anything he does, any of his big reactions, all of that. Feature it prominently. Paste it all over and say, look how damn good at this kid is at moving the puck on the power play and how it set up this chance or how he was able to finish this feed and you know anything that comes with the speed. That would take Pat Soli and Eddie Olchek to actually explain it, Johnny. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. But I'm, you know what I'm, you know what I'm getting at here, right? Use his rock star moments. And then that's a nickname that we can use here. Uh, and we'll dig it at the four feathers podcast. So um, catch us uh, raving about Lucas Rockstar um, here. But uh, once again, that, that's something that Blackhawks could look to 
um, in terms of, you know, you, you want to get people interested in this rebuild. Well, guess what? He's the face that is here right now. And I know, like, like Skokes mentioned very well, you know, face of the franchise will hopefully be drafted uh, in this upcoming draft. Right now, you got to work with what you can, um, and that would be my advice in that direction. Yeah, I think you nailed it on the head, Johnny. I mean, you got to you got to work with what you have, and unfortunately, at this time of the rebuild, you got to amplify the the bright spots on this team. And I agree with you; it is it is no longer Lucas Reichel; it is Lucas Rockstar, and and show off his personality again. There's a reason that people fell in love with those cup teams. Remember all the content and crazy things they did with the players and the commercials and, you know, all the crazy videos they would make like the, you know, crazy colored, you know, on the, um, like the cyclist commercials and yeah. stuff like yeah. that gave the players personality. And that's why people are drawn to them. I, I think, I think despite this, this current ownership group of the Blackhawks trying to erase some of the negativity that, was is now unfortunately attached to that cup run. I think they could still learn a lot from how this team marketed themselves into becoming Chicago's darling really for a 10 year stretch of time. And uh, that's certainly one of them is making sure people understand these guys just aren't players with numbers on their backs. They're, they're real humans and they're people that, you know, a lot of us can identify with and, and, and admire and enjoy seeing them show that personality, uh, especially at the forefront of this rebuild. And another guy that they should do it with is, is coach Richardson. You know, get him in, in the forefront, too. Everybody fell in love with Quenville. Who's to say they can't all fall in love with Richardson, too? I mean, we're obviously big they fans should. of him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're fans of him, you know, here at Four Feathers. Uh, it's time for the rest of the fan base to truly get to know the guy that's behind the bench and probably is going to be behind the bench for a very long time for the Blackhawks if he keeps doing what he's doing. Yeah, right. I think that's a good point there. All right, uh, let's talk about some of those guys really quick that could potentially be, um, you know, part of that movement here uh, in terms of uh, building up next stars uh, of Chicago. Wave of prospect signings as of late with junior and college seasons coming to an end. Uh, Blackhawks had a handful. Wyatt Kaiser obviously has been in some game action uh, coming down from Minnesota, playing directly here, uh, excuse me, Minnesota Duluth there. Um, and then uh, Ryder Rolson out of Notre Dame, Paul Ludwinski, Gavin Hayes, Antti Sorella. Um, don't think I'm missing anyone there, but th that's kind of that new uh, wave here. Ron, there was a um, guy that was just signed recently um, that came out. You wrote something up about it on tapsportsnet.com. So tell us a little bit about Gavin Hayes. Yeah, Hayes took a really nice jump in year two, Johnny, um, in the OHL. Plays for the Flint Firebirds up in Flint, Michigan. And year one, he was a you know, big-bodied winger that, Clearly, the front office liked something. They used one of the draft picks they acquired in the Kirby Dock trade um, and selected him in the third round, 66 overall in this previous year's draft. And he just improved. He got better, um, improved his assist numbers by 10, which you might think, oh, that's not that substantial. But to go from 19 goals to 41 goals in your sophomore campaign to the OHL certainly says that there was some development done. Um, because of the CHL transfer rules, he will have to play next season back in the OHL with the Firebirds or if he is traded within the OHL, um, which we see on plenty of occasions, especially with guys that are eventually going to be leaving for the NHL anyway. Um It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I don't think he's good enough right now to make the team outright, and that would be the only way we would see him next year. Otherwise, he's going back to Flint. But seems to be probably the the signing, in my opinion, Johnny, outside of maybe the Kaiser signing, just because we've gotten a little bit of a taste of him at the NHL level. Um, that really gets me excited, just because of that scoring prowess and and what he brings. Because 
We've seen it with the Kachuk edition and the, and the Radish edition and, and some of these other guys that Davidson tends to enjoy at the wing spot that are big and can score. Hayes seems to fit that profile pretty well. Yeah, I was most impressed when I just go and, uh, you know, peruse the Hockey DB page a little bit. And I saw 41 for the point total in um, last season. And then you go and jump that and he's over that, right? What was it 41 goals? in this past season and mm-hmm. then he obviously added like 40 like assists with that too right yep. um so th- you know th- th- that's a that's a big jump like you'd mentioned there so that's really what caught my eye with gavin hayes so uh glad you highlighted him there so uh be interesting to see with those but uh we, we always get a wave of these um with the end of these junior and college seasons and it's just more notable now given the Blackhawks are where they are in terms of state of the rebuild. So, and um, speaking, speaking of that really quick, Johnny to a notable name that hasn't signed with the Blackhawks, they announced they're returning for their senior year to their universities, Landon Slaggart from Notre Dame. Uh, he was a third round pick a handful of years ago has drawn a lot of notoriety in the world junior tournaments for team USA. Um, most notably, I believe this past season worn a uh, with the university of Notre Dame. A guy that admittedly I'm going to keep my eye on and and praying that all the reports come out that it's just a Dylan Sakura situation where, yeah, he's going to sign. It's just he's returning for his senior year because he's really starting to turn into a player at the collegiate level that I think can make a big difference for the Blackhawks going forward. He fits the Kyle Davidson, Luke Richardson mold of hockey. It would be a real shame to lose him to the August 15th deadline free agency, you know, come a year from now because he decides he wants to go elsewhere. So hopefully that's a guy to keep an eye on as a Blackhawks fan this coming year that, you know, his dad's on the coaching staff, his brother's still at Notre Dame. So reasons why he probably wanted to go back, but just just hope for those reports that come out throughout the season that say, yeah, 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 I'm I'm signing with Chicago once our, our season's over at Notre Dame. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good to know um, on that front. All right. Let's move into the home stretch of the season, guys. Only six games left, including one tonight at Calgary at the start of a three game uh, West Coast can, uh, swing. Um, another one in Vancouver, I believe. Seattle um, is the other uh, stop on this trip here. So um, what are we looking for uh, on this home stretch of the season? I'm just looking for them to continue to play hard, but lose games. <laughs> uh, kind of the the brand of Blackhawks hockey that we've really seen down the stretch. They're not getting their blows, doors blown off by anybody. They're still staying competitive within games. They just are clearly an under-talented roster compared to their opponents. And, you know, looking at this upcoming schedule, guys, I, I mean, there's maybe the game against Vancouver. I mean, don't ask. You know, tonight could honestly be a win because they, for some reason, have a lot of success against the Calgary Flames in the last two seasons, and I don't entirely understand why. But, you know, they maybe can squeak out a win against Vancouver, but you have playoff, you know, aspiration-filled teams in Seattle and, and Minnesota and Pittsburgh all coming up down the stretch here, and then obviously the Flyers to uh, to close out the season. So more Lucas Reichel or Lucas, pardon me, Lucas Rockstar highlights, more Taylor Radish highlights, more uh, improvement from the youngsters down the stretch here. Um, but keep losing games. And then we root for ping pong balls from now until uh, the lottery in, uh, I believe it's early May um, that will be root for the ping pong balls until then. And then once we know, um, then we can start keeping our eyes looking forward and looking toward the, the end of June draft. I just want one or two more exciting Blackhawks victories that they've sprinkled out through the season. I don't expect a large win streak down the stretch here. Um, I think that might careful, be kind of careful what you wish for, Tony. Kind of detrimental. I enjoy watching I'll this team that. win. 
I've been, Johnny, I'm done. You'll on enjoy Connor Bedard much more. Yeah, but I've gone on I've gone on Tankathon.com too much and and run the simulation and it, we wind up in third, fourth, fifth each time. So and Blackhawks yeah. mirror has got you all hot and bothered. Yeah, I'd just rather just see them win at this point, and and the ping pong balls will do what the ping pong balls do. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just I want to see Jonathan Taves go out with with sort of a bang here. If even if that's them losing. I want it to be honorable and respectful and not, you know, just a right. complete shit that, show disaster. That that's an absolutely great point. And I will second on that one. Um the second thing you said there with Jonathan Taze, it cannot be playing absolute, you know, shit games here because then it almost feels like a waste of why did he even do this to his body to come back, really. Um so but I think the assist was it was a good start uh seeing that. And they I will give them credit against that Devils team that can be a high flying offense there. They kept it fairly close on that Saturday night. I know it opened up a little bit uh at the end there. But hey, for the most part, that was because that was in the third period and Taves uh assist that set up Athens to use goal pulled them within one there. So it, keeping with that style of play hard um and you know just you know play these teams competitively even though if you're so talent wise outmatched um that's that's the key for me there as well what i'll be watching down the home stretch um with uh, this blackhawks team um but guys um i was it was funny uh seeing tape's quote today that ben pope put out um and he was talking about coming out west and it reminds him of like you know the the circus trip that they used to have. And, and I, I just it gave, it was like a blast from the past. I don't know if you guys remember, I, like in high school, like staying up, like watching those games late, like, you know, around like Thanksgiving week, it's like, you're already mm-hmm. checked out of school. Cause you don't give a shit. And you got a, a few days coming up, coming off, uh, you know, you, you'll be off of school anyway in a few days. And it's like, all right, well, who cares if I like barely sleep at all tonight? Cause I'm going to stay up and watch this exciting at the time Blackhawks team. Yeah, the the circus trip was always a fun one because it was it was literally just that same time every year. And, you know, there was always that Black Friday game that was played, you know, at like one o'clock on the West Coast. So it was like a three o'clock in the afternoon game for Chicagoans. And, you know, you were off school anyway, so it was a perfect time to just kick back and watch some afternoon hockey and then, uh, you know, hang out with your buddies on Friday night uh, and at that time, like you said, John, they talk about usually a Blackhawks win. So uh, I always remember, don't don't ask me why, but I feel like more consistently than not, that Thanksgiving or like pre-Thanksgiving game, at like or the two that were right after Thanksgiving, it was like always L.A. and Anaheim every single it freaking was. time, yep. every single time. And so I think that's what really sticks out to me. But you I, nailed it, Johnny. They were I, they were meaningful games at the time. Yeah, it has to be LA because I remember uh, when John Scott punched Kevin Westgarth's face into the boards, and you could see the <laughs> blood. See, a there was a great photo- photographer right there, so he took a picture of it, and you could see the blood spattering off of Westgarth's nose and going into the you know into the boards, and that was just. I, I just vivid memories from the circus trip. So Jonathan Tate saying just those two words today, um, it gave me just a absolute catapult into the past. Circus trips were fun. Circus trips were fun. I, I love that Ron brought up the, uh, you know, the three o'clock game. That was probably his favorite, Johnny, even though I know you and I were probably up until, you know, the wee hours my, of the morning. Watching, my favorite watching was the Hawks. Ron was, was a good student. He he got bet. He got to bet on time. My favorite was the 1030 that would start up in Edmonton or in uh, San Jose or that, uh, that was it. Cause then, like I said, who cares? I don't, I don't care about school tomorrow. Well, shit, I'll be late for first period. I don't care. <laughs> we don't come to play school. Yeah. <laughs> we came here to watch hockey. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All right, boys, uh, we're about to wrap up Hawks happy hour. Here's great jumping on, talking some Hawks with you uh, as the season winds down. Um, uh, one last question for you uh, outside of host tonight, because I think that's the easy one. What's your what's been your favorite moment this season for the Blackhawks? Oh, well, I'm probably going to have a different one than you guys, because unfortunately, you guys were there for what would have been my favorite had I been in attendance for it. Um, you know, I think it's really really easy and safe to probably say the home opener. I mean, that game was just such an up and down experience. They are, they're losing going into the third, they rally back force OT, you know, and then Delmi snipes it top shelf to walk off the hated Detroit Red Wings and to, to walk out of that building, laughing at all the Red Wings fans that were in attendance was, was so sweet and satisfying. Um, I don't want to take the thunder, but I think I know you, you guys know where I'm leaning with what's truly the, the walk off moment in my opinion, uh, of the season is probably a highlight as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, you hit the nail on the head here, Ron. Uh, there's no other moment that I can pick than, you know, being in attendance there with, with Johnny uh, for Patrick Kane's last ride. Um, that goal still counted in my mind and, and forever will. Um, yeah. Wow. What a, what a moment it was to be at the UC for that. And I, I will never forget that one, Johnny. Yeah, I mean, the I, man, I wish this the I mean, it counts in our minds, but I really wish that would have counted for real. The 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 OT clapper as time expired buzzer beater for his last home game. That would have been incredible. So, Tony, I mean, that that has to be up there. Um, but for sake of going elsewhere, Ron, you had another good one, too. I like the home opener. I was there as well. Um, that was a blast, too. Um, but man, our tankathon. I think Tankathon, yeah, uh, Tank Center, excuse me. Uh, Four Feathers Tank Center was an absolute blast covering that with you guys. Uh, and I know we didn't have a whole lot of flurry of activity there. Um, but man, the, the, all the stuff leading up to it and all the trades, Kyle Davidson seemed to be pulling one out of his uh, hat uh, every other hour um, for, for a while. So it, it was a frenzy. It was a lot of work to cover all of it, but I'm glad we did. And I'm glad we had a lot of fun with it. So I think that was probably one of my favorite Blackhawks moments of the season outside of the two that you mentioned. And then the qualifier that I took out with Hosa Knight, because I mean, demigod Marion Hosa over over my shoulder here you, you see the the mini banner hanging there so um that's there for a reason guys it's been great talking hawks with you here on the four feathers podcast with hawks happy hour um puck drop eight o'clock tonight i believe out in calgary so um once again I, my last message for blackhawks fans lock in for these last six games and enjoy it because sure you're probably just wanting to check tankathon and there's some of you that you know it's so beyond watching this hockey but just remember remember that you wasted those. If you, if that's the route that you decide to go, remember that you wasted those when you're missing it and you're getting the itch for hockey when the draft rolls around and free agency starts and signings start going everywhere. And it doesn't matter if they're bad. You just want your team to be back and back in action, right? Uh, at that time in the summer, that's at least how I always feel. So that's why we called this Hawks happy hour today. Appreciate everyone that tuned in until next time. Let's go Hawks. Let's go Hawks. Let's go Hawks, baby.